This is Marking Out, man! This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Running like this. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 481. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Dave the Rave, and you can go check us out at MarkingOut.com. Make sure you go check us out on Twitter, Facebook, ProWrestlingTees.com, Google, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all of that, YouTube, Instagram, Make sure you follow Brandon at BTTG161. Follow myself at DaveTheRave underscore MO if you really want to. Also follow Chris Dog. Chris is not with us this week, but go follow him. And I am alongside here with Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. Tell the folks at home, how was your week? It was, uh, I mean, what? there's not really much to do any, anymore right now. It's like you, you you sit, you watch a television program, you watch a movie. You had a scare. You had a scare, I right? had a scare? Yeah, you had a scare. You almost didn't have internet in, in the video, right? Or was that last week? That was last week. Hey, but you still had a scare. No. You, you almost had to go without... Watching uh, I, I, I don't think it was a scare that, but it was all last week where Optimum was. I said last week Optimum would have been an anti shout out, but Ooh. then all those releases happened. Yeah, all right. I, yeah. I hate dealing with Optimum. I really do. They're just like they're so terrible, and then they like they take forever to get back to you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but same thing with me. You know, same week, uh, same old as last week. Unfortunately, but- we found out that uh, well. It's not. I, I don't think it's like officially announced by 2K yet, but somebody within the WWE company announced during like the, one of their like phone calls or something that 2K21 is actually canceled. I saw the rumors of that. They did have the shareholder meeting the other day, so it may have been over there. But... However, though, WWE Games announced saying we have like a, a huge announcement on the like the upcoming. 2k series or whatever it's probably going to be like a card game app but we have already have they said but we have some exciting news for video games or whatever monday 11 a.m uh 12 wait at some point 12 i think probably noon monday yeah but i I say 12 (laughs) a.m Yeah, it's know. okay. It doesn't but, matter because but if, you don't even you don't even know if it's Pacific time or Eastern time. No, no. Well, so. I, it's I just specifically converted it in my head to Eastern Standard <laughs> Time. But regardless, that's one prowrestlingtees dot com slash marking out. Um, I hoping, think that's awesome. I'm hoping it. Well, I, I don't think it's awesome, but I, I hope, think it's great. I think it's great that they didn't that they're not going to put out a 2011. I no, always, but we uh, don't, we, we don't know what's, what's the deal. Like for all we know, it could be well, like, Oh, it's not going to be like it, the two K series is unfortunately coming to an end. However, here's, here's WWE two K SmackDown versus raw or something. They could just be like changing the title and nobody knows. I just because WWE two K 21 is canceled. Doesn't mean that like they're not putting out SmackDown versus raw versus NXT or something. 
I hope that they don't put out anything, period, for 2021. Well, they said I hope they have exciting news, so if they're could giving be... out... Dude, if they want to do something that's, like, make-up-worthy, you could give us a whole lot of free DLC content for 2K20. That's... Realistically, that's probably what they will do. Is they I probably... I don't know if that's I, realistically. Yeah. In well, all my years well, of playing that video game, they only gave out one thing free as like a makeup DLC once. I think back when THQ was doing it with a uh, a downloadable masked cane, I think. Hold on. I, I think that I wouldn't get my hopes up with anything with it. I think that it's just going to be a D- DLC. They're just hyping it up. I think it's going to be And it better be deal. free. It better be free. If I if you bought the collector's edition or the deluxe edition, it better be free. I think that it's going to be a DLC. I think that they should be doing video games bi-yearly. Uh I don't think that it should or bi-annually. I don't think that they should have a new video That's, game ever isn't that twice ever, a year. Huh? Isn't bi-annually twice oh, yeah. a year? Yeah, bi-annually is twice a year. <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, well, I, I think that they should have it every two years because I think ex- especially after this past year, you yeah, saw how look awful. Madden. Look at how, NBA. How would you like? I Hold on. I feel like they rush their product way too much uh, in order to fit the guidelines. And WWE has such a quick trans, uh, a, a quick turnover rate where they have to update so much so often where it's not worth it. Yeah, I feel if... like if you just have one. Uh, if you, let's say you have last year's and then just put out, keep on putting DLCs out there to update it and yeah, update hold it. Hold on, hold it. on, hold on. And then the year late and then two years later, you just put out a new one. Think about that though. Say they start working on the game. Like, let's say it would be 2k22 coming out. Okay. Next year. Look at the roster from last year compared to 2k22. Uh huh. It's most of the people, they're all gone. Exactly. So if you're telling me... It's a quick should, turnover. But if you're telling me they should work on a game every other year... Yeah. For the whole year or whatever, leading to that every other game or every other year, by the time they get to that year of release, who knows, like Hawkins and Ryder, gone. Yeah, we, but we my... spent we spent so much time and effort working on Hawkins and Ryder, and now they're not even eligible to be in the game. Now we well, have my... to take out all our work. Well, I mean, they've done that in the past, anyways. I'd rather have a clean game, but instead of no, ac- they, they've I'd taken a clean game instead of an accurate game. They've taken people out like that, but not to have where they like the whole story revolved. I think one time around Benoit, so they had to delay that. I I don't they know. Took him I... out. If I remember I correctly, but if you're if you're doing it every other year and you're taking all the time and effort leading up to the one thing, and then half your roster doesn't exist in the company anymore, they, that's not a thing. They can't do that. I I, I don't just, think they can do that. At least I, I I'd rather a clean, smooth game. They just need to really fix their well. problems. They need to to get a whole. They, I guess the whole reason they blamed it on with Ukes last year because they left and left uh, 2K struggling I, to get everything 2K together. Thing, I think that's, that's you know, It's bogus. possible. No, because they the graphics got downgraded. Ukes took everything with them. I don't know what, yeah, what 2K, happened there. 2K, 2K being a video game company has the capabilities to bring in anybody to replace them because they are 2K. 
Yeah, but I, but that but to replace them that, if I they if they take lush. if they take their stuff with them or whatever, then you have to start it from scratch. It's difficult to start something from scratch. It doesn't just happen overnight. Rome I, was I, not built in a day. No, I, I I definitely agree with you. I just think that it is always rushed. And that's why we get so many glitches. And I feel like if you give these video game uh, developers a longer amount of time, I think that the product that you will get is a lot better than what would you get rushed in a year. Could well, you Would you agree with that? It, they need to work out their problems. Yeah, but I, I don't I think, think I don't think time. I don't think more time is going to do anything for them. I think so because think about it. If when do you start the video game production? You only really ha- they only have maybe a few months to get everything accurate. They don't have three years to find detail. Right, but what I'm saying though, like I've already said it, like I roster wise, I just don't see it being a thing. Yeah. But if they want to have an exciting announcement and it's not related to an actual like 2K21 or a SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT gimmick, I uh, I don't think I'd be upset with uh, with maybe an All Stars too. That game was somewhat fun to play. I only played the demo version where it was Rey Mysterio versus Ultimate Warrior, but it was a um, fun like button mash game. Nah, I'm not a fan of that stuff, but. Um, yeah, this week we also had a new episode of Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. Uh, this week it was the ass- assassination of Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo. I was never, like, for me, growing up, I didn't know of Dino Bravo. I saw pictures of him with the blonde hair. But, and I, of course, like, I may have seen him in, <laughs> when rewatching Royal Rumbles, maybe seen him come out. But he was never somebody that I really... It was like, oh, it's Dino Bravo. When know? I was when I was watching the the Dark Side of the Ring, I was like, they like forever they were showing him with dark hair, and I was like, didn't he have blonde hair in WWE? Mm-hmm. And then they finally got to that. But I'm like, Dark Side of the Ring is good, and I tweeted this out, but for a bunch of the episodes, it comes off as a Wikipedia article to me. And I, I know people are gonna be like, how dare you say that? Blah blah blah. But like, it really just does ultimately i agree with you and i feel like that's a difficult thing because it, it does feel like i like jimmy snooker of course like i could go I didn't to learn anything new from snooker and i didn't learn anything new from from dino bravo's episode yeah i i think that you we could have easily went to wikipedia read it and been like oh okay um read it as an r-e-a-d space i-t not go to reddit mm-hmm um, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that statement. It, it is an enjoyable series, though, because it's cool to see everything. Um, and of, of course, it's always fun to hear these stories of what's going on backstage or of, especially with such high profile cases. But it is a lot of stuff that we've already known. Yeah, sometimes it's just something that they like regurgitate and it's just like, oh, we already know all of this. It's just now you have the Mountie. Yeah. And that like, you don't know who I am. I am to Mountie. He should be a, he should be a hall of famer. Maybe same thing with Rick Martell. Maybe they will. I think the Mountie and Rick Martell and and they have, Oh, and Rick Martell refused to be in this, but here's uh, old footage of him talking about it. Yeah. I, I I think that to me, the dark side, the after dark uh, stuff 
I feel Which like that's there very... Wasn't, there wasn't an episode of After Dark this week, right? Yeah, no, there was not. I mean, they probably didn't have anybody that wanted to stick around or rejoin, but those come off as very marky for me. I don't know if you would agree, but to I me, don't, like I for don't the know. for example, the stuff with Chris Jericho, and even the stuff uh, Chris Benoit. Wait, what do you mean with Jericho? I well, the stuff with Benoit or the stuff with Jimmy Snook, um, New Jack, and stuff like that. When well, more specifically, uh, the stuff with Benoit. When they had everybody on the After Dark special and they were speaking about them, they didn't really speak about the topic at hand. It was more of a marky stuff like, oh, I remember when you did this in ECW and this oh. and that. And like it to me, it looked like from watching Tommy Dreamer's um, facial impressions, it was kind of a um, it wasn't really hitting him too well. Like you, you come onto a, a Zoom or whatever, you come onto an episode to speak about a specific topic that they tell you, and then you're being praised for your stuff and this and that, and it seems very marky for me. I, do, do you I under do you see I, where I, I'm not from? not entirely? Like I feel like with Chavo Guerrero, right? He, he was on the episode After Dark, and instead of asking Chavo about the topic at hand, Chris Benoit, and especially with Eddie, he's bringing about. Chavo Guerrero's history and his family and this and that. And it, it's just, it seems very marky for me. But the next episode is about Dave Schultz, uh, the slap heard around the world where he had the reporter call yeah, wrestling, wrestling fake. fake. So that should be an interesting episode. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be what we know already. What else yeah, can we Literally, the only, the only things, the only episode so far that I've learned from, I think, is the Brawl for All episode. Yeah, that was that was interesting. And the only future episode that I might learn from is Herb Abrams and the UWF. I don't believe I'm familiar. The UWF was like a promotion that the guy tried to go up against WWE hmm. in 1990. I, I just hope that we start to learn more and hear more stories that we haven't heard before. I don't like I don't what are they going to tell me about the Road Warriors that I don't already know? What are they yeah. going to say about Owen Hart that I don't already know? Exactly. I, I've devoted a whole month to Owen Hart since he passed away. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, with but the Chris again, if, special, we did learn a lot more no, than we, we knew. Didn't. What did we learn well, from the stuff that? With, well, we, 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 saw, we saw in more of an insight into hearing his son's story and then hearing his, the reconnection of him with the I don't end. even believe most of that. <laughs> Well, with the reconnection of the no, sub- with the thing. whole like, oh, they want like they they've like they sent Jim Ross there as like a like a whoops, we're we're sorry or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like that. I just I don't know. And the way Jim Ross talks about Benoit as being a great friend, but here the family's like, no, screw him. Well, there was a lot of. Uh, I, I see. I just I don't know. But I, I, to me, well, I didn't learn anything. Like, that episode was really good, but I did not learn anything. All right. So everybody may view this different and stuff. But even going back said, even going back to the, to the last season, what did you learn from anything? I learned Bruiser Brody a little bit more, which wasn't much more. Gino um, Hernandez's episode. You already like if you're if you're coming in from this as like a, a non wrestling fan, you can learn everything. Yeah, if you didn't have Wikipedia, you'd yeah. be good. But let's get on to some AEW. 
Um, AEW and I'm still, up- I, I don't want to say, like, I am still a fan of Dark Side of the Ring. I like these documentaries, or whatever they're called, docu-series. But it's just, sometimes it comes off like Wikipedia. And I, everyone is just, like, blind eye to it. And then after Dark is Marky. but For you, at least. I don't know. It's Marky. All right, AEW, Cody, hit it. Yeah, AEW opens up with uh, Cody Rhodes, or just Cody, I guess. Or I don't know if he's going to be going by Cody Rhodes now that he owns the trademark for it. But he's watching opponents for the TNT Championship Tournament. And it was literally, as soon as it opens, I was like, what the hell are they doing? Because it opens up just like the SmackDown Hackers set up. <laughs> and he's sitting there. Watching tape just like the SmackDown Hacker. Is that a coincidence or what? Uh, I have no idea. The only difference is that the SmackDown Hacker had a uh, a deepened voice or whatever. Protected voice. And he like turns around and exposes things. Here Cody's just watching tape, but that was very SmackDown stalker-esque mm-hmm. or hacker. Who might now be Xavier Woods. We have no idea. Might be a trio of people. We have no clue. Yeah. But the first match of AEW Dynamite saw Darby Allen defeat Sammy Guevara. Probably the best. Well, maybe one of the better matches of the night. Yeah, I'll say the best match of the night. There you go. Um, But Sammy attacked Darby Allen before the match started during his entrance. And I don't even know why that existed. He pulled out a little ladder. To hit Darby with? Like, in what form do you need a little ladder outside of a a gimmick thing? Where it's like, oh, Booker T, I think it was, pulls out a, a little ladder and he's like, what the hell is this? And it was like for Hornswoggle? Yeah. But Darby, uh, he ends up getting hit with it and it, it gets draped between the barricade and the ring. And then Sammy Guevara jumps onto the ladder without actually putting Darby Allen through the ladder, because ladders are not things that things usually go through. Mm-hmm. Real life things, I guess you should say. Yeah. But I thought the end of this match was really good. Yeah, where, I uh, thought it was a good It was a good ending. Sammy caught Darby Allen with the... the after Darby went to do the, the coffin drop, the springboard coffin drop, and Sammy caught him into the... Uh, what is it? The... Uh, this is the reverse total, the the package. Death Valley Driver, upside down one. <laughs> burning hammer. He catches him in the burning hammer position, and he went to drop the knee, and Darby caught it and reversed it into that last supper pin. Mm-hmm. I like that, the last uh, portion of that. Yeah, something that I liked a lot was uh, the next segment with Matt Hardy, the promo of his ability to switch back and forth between personalities into unkillable. Yeah, live from the compound. Yeah, I think I think that's a cool aspect where we could have two versions, multiple versions of Matt Hardy. Yeah, he said he, that he didn't hear back from Chris Jericho about his invitation, and the only person to mention him last week was Sammy Guevara. So he then invited Sammy to get there as well. Um, and then, like you said, he switched into the unkillable Matt Hardy to speak to Chris Jericho because more people understand may understand Unkillable Matt Hardy more than they understand Broken Matt mm-hmm. Hardy. Yeah. So it is very interesting to see another level added to the character. 
yeah, he's just multi-dimensional. Matt Hardy. Up next, next up, yeah, you had Omega, Kenny Omega, pick up the victory over Angles. Angels. Uh, Angels, Alan yeah. Angels. He kicked out of the V-trigger. Yeah, I, I don't, like, I, I don't know why it took that long for Kenny Omega to defeat uh, uh, an enhancement talent. We don't know, we, how many matches has the guy had? Two matches? Both enhancement talent matches? Yeah. I think I think to and to kick out of the V trigger. Why? What the? F- why that makes no sense. Yeah. If you're I, an I enhancement people, talent, you shouldn't be kicking out of a signature move. I saw people comparing it to One Two Three Kid and Razor Ramon. But, but what, this guy's not getting a con. This like it's not like a big break for this guy. Exactly. One Two Three Kid and Razor Ramon built up to that moment. There was a lot of build to him getting that victory. And after this, there's no build to it, and there's nothing that I mean. Yeah, sure. Something could be built upon it, but there's no build to it. And then after this, it's like people look at this match and they're like, oh, Kenny sucks. He could barely beat a jobber. <laughs> Hello? Like, why would you do that to him? He should be your top guy or whatever. Treat him as such. Well, I mean, I'm sure that he... And he kicks out of the V-trigger. I'm sure and where he the hell had... is, Where's Adam Page been? We have not seen the tag team championships in, in what, a month? Well, I'm sure Omega had a huge say with the match and stuff, but I don't understand yeah, but that's his. Not, ra- that's, but that, I don't understand his no rationale sense. of right. booking. Like I don't understand 100%. his rationale of of coming up with this idea. It makes no sense to me. Like I'm sure Omega came to this guy and said, "Hey, I want you to kick out a V trigger." Did, did you see the stuff that Meltzer? Yeah, imagine the kid came up to Omega. He goes, "Uh, can I kick out of the V trigger tonight?" Yeah, and but then, that's the thing. And like, then Omega, New Jack, and then New Jack shows up and stabs. Yeah, like I'm sure Omega <laughs> presented to this guy, "Hey, I want you to kick out a V trigger. It's going to be great for you." But the thing is, it, there was no build to it. Did you see the argument though that Meltzer was having with Ryan Satin? No, I, I, Mel- I, Meltzer, I Meltzer was saying Meltzer was saying that Ryan Satin just doesn't get wrestling if he didn't understand this match, and I'm like, this match was terrible. This was the dumbest match that you could possibly have had. He kicks out of the V-trigger. That's not... He's like, oh, Ric Flair used to have people ha- do that all the time. I don't remember ever seeing, in when I go back and watch, seeing enhancement talent kick out of the figure four, get out of the figure four. Yeah. Maybe they did. I have no idea. But that's not how you put somebody over. That makes no sense. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And Next also, had- also here, I think it was a little weird to hear Chris Jericho talking about Kenny Omega being in WWE. Huh. Yeah. Mentioning that he was in developmental and he was used improperly. Very interesting. Next up, you had Orange Cassidy pick up the victory over Jimmy Havoc. Um, this was very boring to me. I Call me crazy. Orange Cassidy, Cassidy is boring to me. Uh, Penelope Ford got One up trick on the pony. apron. And, well... One trick pony. I no, I can't agree with that just because I've seen him actually wrestle. Mm-hmm. But Penelope Ford got up on the apron and tried to kick Dustin when he approached her. He grabbed her leg. She went into that split position, and Kip Sabian ran into the ring, dove outside onto the best friends, and then Penelope Ford almost hit Jimmy Havoc diving up the top rope, but didn't. And then Orange Cassidy wins. Mm-hmm. And instantly gets attacked by Kip Sabian. Havoc joins in. Best friends chase them off. And later on, the best friends got interviewed. Chuck Taylor puts a chain around his neck. I think that was probably the whole, the best part of the promo. 
I feel like I'm talking like Jim Cornette right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I and then I Trent feel, said I, he wants to fight Ford, but can't I tell. Maybe I haven't seen enough of Cassidy, but that's what I'm seeing from the gimmick and stuff. But next up, you had an update from MJF. Yeah, in um, front of a uh, mansion of sorts. I don't know if that's uh, his family home. I wouldn't doubt it, but who knows? No, um, it's it's not. What was it? A Zoom background? Probably. <laughs> we, we've seen we've seen promos from his house before. Remember when he used to cut the promos about? Uh, the true yeah, story well, of MJF, we, but we have no idea where that was. So, come on, come on. I, I but, don't know where it was, but he just basically gave everybody an update saying he is currently injured. So, yeah. Well, but that leads up, into Wardlow picking up a victory over Lee Johnson, which this was. I, I know I said, um, what. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara was uh, one of the was probably the match of the night, but this match and the following match were a hundred percent how Kenny Omega versus Allen Angles or Angels should have been. Yeah, this was completely one sided. It it shows off Wardlow. He came out looking fantastic. This is how enhancement talent matches should work. Yeah. I agree. That's, there's no, there's no reason. I, I get you want to build up people f- for potential, and also, oh god, you and have then... to. But before you build up in potential, like maybe they're enhancement talent, okay, and maybe they have a potential of signing with AEW for a long term or coming back multiple times. But I don't think that that's a good reason to have your sign on uh, center um, talent putting them over even to this. Uh, to this extent but it's not even like a thing like james ellsworth was a completely like i feel like it's a completely different case here even yeah ellsworth was under a contract uh no i don't think he was at that point when they like brought him back to do stuff with eight like he had a wwe championship match and everything i don't know it, it wasn't also the start of wwe that's yes but aew you want to start to build up these names that people could get behind. But next up, we wait, had wait, Brody Lee. But, but yeah. what was I going to say about the... I completely forgot what I was going to say. What were you saying? Damn it, I had something good to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brody, Brody Lee was interviewing someone for a spot in the Dark Order. Um, and he said a lot of people in AEW haven't worked for their success. They've been given it. And then I guess they introduced a new member to Dark Order or accepted a new member. I don't know who it is, but that leads into his match, defeating Justin Law, who did not have a chopped chest this week. Makes you wonder if uh, we had any splicing of the clips, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But this, like I said with the last match, this is how enhancement talent matches should look. Of course. And then after the match, Brody stared Marco Stunt down. And Marco's stunt didn't back down. To me, that makes Brody Lee look bad. This isn't a cool thing because let's not forget, what, last week, two weeks ago, Archer dominated. Like, Archer took him apart. And next week, we're going to be seeing Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. But Marco Stunt didn't back down. That makes Does that not make Brody Lee look bad to you? I don't think it makes Brody Lee look that bad. I think it makes Marco Stunt look like he's trying to stand up for himself. But for Archer to take him down a few weeks ago, I'm like, 
what if if he is able to get more up on Brody Lee than he was able to get up on Archer, then I'm gonna be having a red flag up. But how does that not like make Brody Lee look bad though? Brody I Lee goes goes up to a little Marco Stunt to intimidate him, and Marco Stunt not only doesn't back down, he stands taller. It's like when Triple H went to the crowd or Shawn Michaels went to the crowd and tried to intimidate a little kid and the little kid stands up to them and then Triple H or whoever it was ends up trying to act all intimidated. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. But let's get on to the bubbly bunch. Yeah, this pissed me off. <laughs> I, I think last week, Tell my me favorite, about I think my last, my favorite segment last week might have been the bubbly bunch. Yeah. Maybe like the only saving grace from last week's episode. And unfortunately this week it could not save it. It's just I hate TikTok with a passion. And this was... Every one of them was just doing a viral TikTok video trying to make a dance of theirs go viral. Uh Uh-huh. So that annoyed me. Yeah. Well, it happens. And I'll always be annoyed by TikTok. Always. There you go. Uh, next up, we had Cody uh, listening to a voicemail with Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, very interesting. Dustin saying that if he doesn't beat Kip Sabian here, he's done. A lot of uh, this left a lot of room for editing, I guess. Mm-hmm. People I saw making their own videos of them calling him up, calling up the big codester. So interesting uh segment i don't i don't necessarily think it did anything for me no it was was a lot of talk throughout the week maybe dustin rhodes is going to be retiring i don't know why random i don't know it it was a stupid thing for me especially because the main event dustin defeated sabian yeah you know it's like aew is rushing everything and even even more there it's like why would dustin rhodes put his career on the line against someone who has almost no build-up that's the thing. We're talking AEW should be known for zero build. They have yeah. zero build with their top guys. There, like, there uh, should as not you have been. With, there should have been a shadow of they, a doubt here that Dustin was going to well, win. Well, there you have zero build because you have these enhancement talent trying to get put over by actual signed talent. You have the Matt. Versus Nick Jackson with zero build. Well, that's and, not technically that's not AEW, which AEW should be annoyed at because which they that had they had and then you have leading up to leading up to that. No, no, because no, then you no, have no, Dustin, hold on, hold on, hold on. Going though. for a retirement match or a teasing oh. retirement match, saying that he's putting all the line with zero build going into the main event makes in, no sense. In regards to that Young Buck match, which I think was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Very, very potential. It was terrible. The the cuts and everything was awful. But um, they had, leading up on being the elite, I went back to watch to see what I missed. They had AEW matches that weren't AEW matches on the show. A few matches from the backyards. Like, what, what are they doing? Yeah. But... Like we said with this, it made no like this this match the the build there was no build, no it was just a TNT Championship tournament match. Yeah, Brandy but... and Penelope Ford randomly started fighting each other behind the referee's back for absolutely no reason that added zero. 
It made zero sense. The only thing that it did, it distracted a little bit for Kip Sabian to turn his back, see them fighting, and then Dustin hits the, the Canadian Destroyer to win. But mm-hmm. then them fighting completely took me out of that match. Yeah. Well, but next week we have, or maybe not next week, we have uh, Cody versus Darby Allen in the tournament. We have Dustin versus Lance Archer. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying they can't wait to see Cody versus Dustin, but if it's not Archer, then that's just Yeah, it has to be Archer. Stupid. Archer has to dominate Dustin. Yeah. But... And, then, and then we also have Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc versus the best friends in Orange Cassidy in a no-DQ match next week, which is weird because all their matches seem to be no-DQ. Yeah, and all of and apparently in two weeks they're supposed to be going back live. Um, yeah. I'm seeing. Which... So... I'm, I don't know. Yeah, as, stupid. I, stupid. But <laughs> let's move on to some actual sports entertainment and talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicks off with Drew McIntyre about uh, everything happening last week and how he was jumped. And how he's not surprised because he is the WWE champion and the WWE championship is a target. Yeah. McIntyre then challenged Seth Rollins for a match at Money in the Bank. And out come Angel Garza, Zelina Vega, and Austin Theory as a distraction for Andrade to attack Drew McIntyre from behind, which I liked. Uh, But Drew McIntyre ends up hitting two Claymores. Yeah. And then it was weird because it, it... I don't want to say it was reminiscent of, like, the B team... But Garza and Austin Theory refused to go into the ring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I that, think that I think that seemed... you should get in the ring to, especially if you're trying to build up and stuff. You want to show unity, uh, even if they all get taken out. But on the other hand, yeah, but they you have had, they had you matches, had Austin Theory so... in the next matchup. Uh, he lost to Alistair Black, quali- uh, Alistair Black qualifying for the Money in the Bank briefcase match. Yeah, but just going back that. The, with the whole challenge that Drew McIntyre laid out to Rollins, Rollins later on accepted it. Yeah, live from course. his house, sitting on what looked like two chairs. Um, of course, but, but and he yeah. said, and he said, now more than ever, WWE needs a leader, and he's the proven leader. Drew is not, and he's going to take the title. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but but on to whoever becomes champion or whoever's champion after Money in the Bank. They they qualifying matches. Said Alistair Black picks up that victory. I thought this was a good match to kick off Raw. Yeah, I I was a fan of this match. I think Austin Theory has a lot of potential, and it's it's nice to see Alistair Black being used in this, uh, especially in this match. I think he's going to be a fun person to see in this Money in the Bank qualifier match. Yeah, I didn't think uh, Austin Theory was going to win this, but. And we saw Alistair Black do some moves that we don't normally see him do or haven't done in a while. Like he did the triangle choke. Mm-hmm. We, I feel like we haven't seen that in a bit. Yeah, it's always nice to see innovative moves. Yeah, um, and then, talking uh, about, yeah, talking about some innovation, Shayna Baszler picked up the victory over Indy Hartwell. Uh, she picked it up with that arm smash again. Yeah. Um, I hate this because they rang the bell. So quickly that the referee didn't even yeah, check no. on the on Indy Hartwell to see if she was able to continue wrestling. She hit the move, and right away they rang the bell. 
There was no checking on her until after. They didn't even have a medical staff run to the ring to check on her arm. Like, the lack of medical staff to at least have one person, medical staff, check on oh, her to make funny. it sell to sell it. It now, makes no sense to me. I remember what I was going to say before during AEW, now that you said medical staff. Yeah. Because fans were saying, like, with the in regards to Kenny and Allen, that they're short-staffed. That's why they had this guy kick out of the V-trigger. Oh, man. I hate Marks. All right, but but in regards to this, this match, yeah. in regards to this match, Shayna Baszler afterwards took out a ladder to the ringside area, dragged Indy Hartwell out of the ring, tossed her into the barricade, and then uh, smashed her arm in that in that ladder, crushed it. Yeah. Something interesting uh, was before the match, Charlie Caruso interviewed uh, interviewed Shayna Baszler about Sarah Logan. And then Why? later on, Sarah Logan was brought up. Apparently, they're bringing Sarah Logan back, and because rumors got out, they didn't bring her back on Monday. That's bizarre. I mean, why are we? Why, why did we put her through the emotional torment of releasing her just to bring her back the week I, later? I have no idea. But who knows if she's even back, though? I don't know. Yeah, who know? Who knows if she's back? Do you agree that if somebody's released, should they be using them in storylines? I, As it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know, and that's why to me it's like, do we even know that these guys are released? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. We do. No, know we that don't. No, we don't. It's a if Drake Maverick is still working these matches, I have no idea who's released. They and who's released, not. They release it on the corporate page. Yeah. Okay. That's all storyline. That stock, could be storyline. They have shareholders. They released it on the corporate page. Yeah, they were okay. released. They have shareholders. Think, now that the shareholders think, get all happy, or whatever, and they get their you think money that up. They should be using all these people that they just released. I feel like this is more of a thing where if you just had a breakup and you try to remain friends with your ex, it doesn't work. It is heartbreaking. I, I it is stupid. I just, I just don't understand how how it works. I don't know. It is stupid. But speaking of something not stupid, the pairing of Ricochet and Alexander. Yeah, they uh, teamed up again to take on and defeat Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink. Um, I it's weird that they were like a, a team put together. Yeah, but, it's like a ran, it's a random random pairing, but it works. Yeah, I'm very much so enjoying all the moves. Like that one point, I think they did a. Uh, I think it was maybe Ricochet doing it onto. Cedric Alexander's knee. It was like a, roll, a running, rolling neckbreaker slash backbreaker combo. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. And I honestly, I think like once all of this is over, I think they'll be really fun to watch at live events. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think we have a long ways until we get live events, though. Yeah, but once eventually they come back, I don't know when that'll be, but uh, if they'll even still be a tag team by then, but. Yeah, I mean, they just had the shareholder meeting, and Vince McMahon even said that it may be a very long time till they even put on a live event. Yeah, um, but, but if they do come back, and uh, and once all this is gone, I think they'll be real hot points of the the show. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a, a crowd pleaser. Match up next, we saw Nia Jax defeat Kyrie Sane. Um, before the match though, Charlie Caruso interviewed the Kabuki Warriors and I could swear to God they were singing Rusev's theme song. 
<laughs> do you do you like they were doing like the dump da da dum da da dum dum? I don't like. Is I that could... not Rusev's theme? I have no idea what no, they were no, doing. You're right. but yeah, that's his theme song. I, I was like, to, and nobody like even responded to me. <laughs> like I, I was so confused. But in this match, though, like she, since she came back for two weeks, for the past like two weeks now, this was what her third match back. Yeah, her third match back was this. They made Nia Jax look very strong. But here, Kyrie Sane, little Kyrie Sane, was doing so much to Nia Jax in this match where it was kind of taking away from that. And not only that, Nia Jax comes out of this looking reckless. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It, Nia Jax comes out of this looking reckless. Um, and this isn't the first instance of her reckless being reckless in the ring either. I mean, let's not forget Becky Lynch. Um, and it's disappointing because she's you want to see Nia Jax do good because you know do that well. she is Got do well. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see her do well. Um, I mean, I want to some... see her do good as well. Like, Yeah, but <laughs> then there's spots like this where you're like, Oh man! And Especially it sounds you hear... when she yeah when she gets picked up, it sounds like Kyrie Sane says that she's not ready, right, or something. Yeah, not safe or not in, like not safe. But who knows? She could have just been I don't yelling. Think it's not safe. I think, it's, I think it sounded like not not ready or something. I forget what it yeah. was specifically. But I mean, even still, uh, it's one of those spots. Yeah, I get it. You're trying to build up Nia Jax and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. It's what happens if it was a planned spot? Do you think? I don't know about I mean, that. We've seen planned spots like this all that we have seen this stuff a lot of time, like way more than we probably should. Where they end up hitting the bottom turnbuckle and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe maybe everybody is blowing it out of proportion, which is which is could be. Especially if you're going to be building Nia Jax towards Ronda Rousey, maybe. But who knows? Uh, regardless, that's to ProWrestlingTees.com slash marking out. It's not a good spot for Nia Jax, considering her background, I feel. Yeah. Next up, you had Viking Raiders Carpool Karaoke. I have no, I don't remember them singing, but WWE was calling it Carpool Karaoke. I thought it was stupid. They were just live. Ivar was eating a giant turkey leg. I have no idea what this meant. I have Dude, no have idea to what this was royalty for. to James Corden. I well, mean, it wasn't. They weren't doing. It's right along. I mean, technically, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't promote your own show. They'd call it Carpool Karaoke, I guess. I thought I didn't know what I. This was stupid. I don't know what this was. Nah. Next up, though, we saw another qualifier for the Money in the Bank match. Apollo Cruz picks up the victory over MVP. I thought uh, uh, I thought for a second we were going to see MVP winning this. For a moment, I thought so too, but I'm happy that he didn't. <laughs> like when when he hit the playmaker, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he will. Like it's a veteran spot to go into the the ladder match. Maybe. I still hate that finisher. Why? I don't. It, I think it's stupid. There's no impact. It's dumb. But Apollo Crews wins with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Probably one of the better Blue Thunder Bombs in the business. Nah. Liv Morgan defeats Ruby Riot before the match. Ruby Riot was interviewed about Liv Morgan and how the Riot Squad split. And she was saying how there never really was a Riot Squad. 
She was carrying Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan by herself. I mean, she's not wrong. So, but yeah, I'm glad that Liv Morgan won this. What do you mean she's not wrong? She's not wrong. She Ruby Wright was the carrying force of the... I mean, it had her name in the group, but I don't yeah. think she was the... <laughs> she was the carrying force. I don't think so. I I think so, 100%. 100% Ruby Wright was the carrying force of Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan in the Riot Squad. Well, um, But Liv Morgan picked up the victory with the rebound flatliner. They need a, a name not, for that. It's not a rebound. Yeah. Springboard. Springboard. Yes. No, 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 no. Well, but where, 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 name. in what world is this? Is this not, that's not a Money in the Bank qualifier, right? No, it was just a match with, you know, storylines from last year and from Royal Rumble that never came. <laughs> and uh, what, what was that? The Elimination Chamber, yeah. you know? So match up next, we saw for a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Rey Mysterio picks up the victory over Buddy Murphy. Which again, they mentioned how Rey Mysterio has never won the Money in the Bank, so and hopefully he does not. I'm like the way they're they're pushing it. It seems like he's going to be the one winning it. I don't understand what they're doing. Hopefully, like, he I, does I really not. I wanted to see Buddy Murphy win this, but I have to. I can only assume that because of the way they're building up Rey Mysterio, he's going to be the one to win it. I mean, it's cool seeing Rey Mysterio wrestle. Period, but. I don't think that he should be wearing, winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. For him to cash in the briefcase, it's not going to be anything. Well, maybe uh, maybe at Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins wins and Rey Mysterio goes up against Seth Rollins or something. I think that this Rey Mysterio spot of the I, – I think it could go elsewhere. I think Murphy would have been better pick. Do you think it's weird that he's still – he's continuing to use the Panama Sunrise, Adam Cole's finisher? Um. Yeah, definitely. But next up, you had Charlotte Flair pick up the victory over Caden Carter. Um, nice to see Carter getting a lot of action. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that it wasn't a quick one sided match. But this just like infuriates me. Why yeah, a, lot, a lot of why, infuriating things on this episode? Why is an NXT people are like, oh, Charlotte Flair is not an NXT superstar. How is the NXT champion not an NXT superstar? I, I just don't understand that. I, I don't understand why an NXT superstar is wrestling on Monday Night Raw. The champion is wrestling on Raw. I'm happy at least that she faced an NXT superstar mm-hmm. in Caden Carter. But I just don't get it. But I liked Caden uh, Carter doing that finisher that she was able to lock in on Flair. And to me, kind of, you know... I don't think Flair looked as strong as she should have coming out of that match. Well, NXT champion, she does have to put over some of the younger talent in order to be able to put on the the talent on NXT. I mean, these are all the up-and-coming superstars. She can't just power through all of them. I mean, and it's a lot different from what's... It's a lot different from AEW, by the way. Because I'm sure a lot of people may think that it's similar to AEW. No, it's very different because Charlotte Flair is, and WWE are um, are the gold standard. You're, you're so. just going to get called a bootlicker, so you don't. Uh, what you say does not matter to those folk. Yeah. Up next, though, throughout the whole night, they had Lana and Lashley in the gym of the Performance Center. Earlier, Lashley promises to flip a tire. 
Later in the night, he flips a tire and then presents like a monster truck tire where he struggled to flip it a little bit, but eventually flips it to show off his power or something. I have no, like, it did nothing for me. I don't know why. I I just, I I don't, that's how you build Lashley. I I have no idea. I I don't know. I'm speechless. Yeah. Uh, Match up next, though, we saw Andrade defeat Akira Tozawa. Very hard-hitting throughout the whole match, I think, uh, mostly controlled by Tozawa. And I liked this match more than I liked Rey Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy, which was very unfortunate because I I had high hopes for that match. I got high hopes. But the match ends with that hammerlock DDT off of the top rope. Um, Yeah. I like that he's uh, still in. He's innovative in using that finisher off the top rope a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the what to call it though. Like top rope. Yeah, but it's not off the top rope. It's like draped off the top rope. Hanging. You could say hanging. I I forget what. uh, I think Orton had like a specific thing name for it. The DDT. Hangman. Next up, you had Belair pick up a victory over Santana Garrett. This was the fifth women's match of the night. I think that has to be a record. Yeah, I believe they had like 11 or 12 women featured on Monday Night Raw. I don't see anybody talking about that. I think that should be all over the news sites. I agree with you. I think that that stuff, like, everybody's very focused on the negatives, and it's very rare that they're like, they start to focus on the positives. And I think that's a huge positive that you bring up. Yeah, I think that I think that's great. Um, totally not so great. Like Oscar is great on commentary, but on this during this match, the Street Profits were on commentary and they were just yelling, and I thought that was horrible. Oscar yeah. yelling on commentary, I think, is great. Street Profits, yeah, yeah, all throughout the match, I thought was terrible. Yeah, at least Asuka's saying stuff, you know? And I thought we were going to see, like, the Street Profits before the match cut a promo on the commentary table to introduce Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to see them cut their promo and introduce her, only to have her, like, yell at them and tell them to be more serious. Now, who yeah. knows what the hell's happening? We got the Viking Raiders doing carpool karaoke. I mean, maybe next week we're going to see her do exactly what you're saying. Maybe we'll see a backstage segment well, where she's like, what are you doing on commentary? You're not taking this serious. All you're doing is yelling on commentary. The whole point, of- though, the whole point was for them to like be a more serious contender for the Viking Raiders, who are now doing goofy gimmicks in the car. I mean, uh, you might as well add Kermit and Miss Piggy while they're eating the turkey leg and, and sitting in the car enjoying driving. Well, let's not. I mean, it's right along and or carpool karaoke, but they haven't been scared of not. Uh, pulling back the curtain for segments like that. Yeah, but that was a really weird segment. That made I I, I have I still have no idea. But as far as this match goes, I enjoyed this match. I liked the uh, the standing frog splash that Bianca Belair did. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think everybody should be talking about the fact that they had five women matches. Women's yeah, matches. it's awesome. Yeah, uh, main event of the evening: Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Garza. McIntyre, McIntyre diving out onto the three of them ringside, I thought was great. I, I hope next week we do see the that stable come out on top. I think that I want to see them come out on top next but, week. But I feel like it'll probably be Seth Rollins again. 
Yeah, it's of everyone who wrestled on Raw, I think it was McIntyre who looked the strongest. Yeah, like he he after that dive, he hit uh, Austin Theory with a claymore, and then after the match, Drew McIntyre hit Angel Garza with another claymore. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think Baszler looked the strongest out of everyone. Uh, Even though I hate that finish, if you couldn't tell. I, I, I guess, I mean, I mean, like, all around, like, she, like, not strongest as in strength-wise. Yeah. No, I gotcha. But, like, he hit, and then he hits Austin Theory with another Claymore when he finally got into the ring afterwards. Mm-hmm. And McIntyre chased Almas up the ramp, slid up the ramp, and ends Monday Night Raw in the Los Ingobernables pose. Yeah, he did very, that at the very... start of the show too, and I was like, I marked out for that. Yeah, it was a very cool aspect. Um, all right, let's get on to WWE NXT. Yeah, they kick it off showing Finn Balor's locker room, which was torn apart, and he was missing. They didn't know where Finn Balor was, and it leads into Velveteen Dream coming out, posing like Finn Balor on the top rope, which I liked. And just as he went to speak about Balor, Adam Cole cuts him off. And he uh, he gets attacked from behind by Roddy and uh, Bobby Fish. And Keith Lee makes the save. Took all three of three undisputed members out. Yeah, so it looks like we we were going to, that leads into that uh, main event for later on in the evening. Yeah, first match that we got though, we saw Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez take on and defeat Shotzi, Blackheart, and Tegan Knox. I very much so enjoyed how much Shotzi was controlling for the first few minutes of this match. Yeah. And I hope we get more of this match and more of the team of Shotzi and Tegan Knox. The way that they work together, it's like you would have thought that they were a team for years. Yeah, I, I definitely like the pairing. They did like the Shotzi did like the aided uh, crossbody off the top rope, like the the I guess you would say maybe a springboard at points. Mm-hmm. With uh, Tegan Knox holding her arm, I thought that was great. Yeah, and I'm such a fan of all four of them. I agree with you. It's exciting to see them, uh, what's going to happen. Up next, they played a hype video for Drake Maverick for the interim Cruiserweight tournament, championship tournament. And I think they made him re-record his video that he released after he was let go. Hmm. Because it was the same words, but shot differently and had better sound. Yeah. So that was weird. But Jake Atlas picks up the victory over Drake Maverick. In that match, you had Jake, Drake, and Drake, or Drake, Drake, and Jake, whatever you want to say, because Drake was the referee as well. But Atlas hits that cartwheel DDT off the top rope to win. Yeah, the uh, LGB DDT that Um, he used to use on the indie scene. But really, we have no idea what's in store for Drake Maverick. Yeah, um, I mean, we spoke about it earlier, so there's really no point to beat a dead uh, horse on this one. Jake Atlas was interviewed afterwards, and he, like, tried to call Maverick over, but Maverick was just, like, looked defeated, shook him off, and just left. Yeah. And then then Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed him later on, and he's like, maybe everyone was right about me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense with what they're doing right now. It's very confusing. Even if if they... 
fired him or didn't fire him, but kept him in the grouping with a lot of people that were actually fired for a pure storyline. I think it's dirty play. Um, uh, yeah, but I don't know. but uh, I like honestly for me, Drake Maverick had one of the best matches in Impact TNA history against EC3. So yeah, we know I, they... there's no doubt from us. No, of course. Uh, next up, you had Keith Lee and uh, Priest. That good old segment. They're in like an interloop uh, vortex of just always intertwined. Yeah, it was like a hype video for Keith Lee, but then Damian Priest was was there talking about how Keith Lee's been avoiding him. Which and is good because... he's like, I could beat him. He just yeah. doesn't want to like... One-on-one, I can beat him or something. But it's good because we don't want to see Lee versus Priest again. Please, break out Priest into something well, better. Hello, that's definitely going to happen. Of course, but I mean, I want to see Pri- a lot more of Priest. He's good. The, I'm the, sick and tired of Priest, Lee, and Dijak. Well, the next uh, match in the interim cruiserweight championship tournament was Kushida defeating Tony Nese. Ooh. Um, but like, he should have won. These matches, though, have been really good. Yeah, they have been very entertaining and very enjoyable. Like, they're cruiserweight-esque, but they're more hard-hitting. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's because of the current climate. But there's, like, a lot more aggression to these matches than, the, than like, a normal cruiserweight match. Perhaps. Well, they're also, given, they're also being given a proper amount of time as well. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you, like, if I go back and think about 205 Live, these are the kind of matches you get on 205 Live. Yeah. So people still, like, yeah, these matches, yeah, this was a good match. Yeah. But Kushida ends up reversing Tony Nese's pump handle into the the Sakuraba lock, which is a Kimura. Uh, And then Nese then reversed that into Northern Light Suplex, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the end of the match because Tony Nese eventually tapped to that lock, and it was locked in mid-flip. Yeah, it's such a smooth, such a smooth transition. It's just so clean. Yeah, after this backstage, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher were being interviewed. Um, Matt Riddle, again, from last week, the the WWE.com exclusive interview, he was holding both titles. So he's accepting uh, both championships currently. Timothy Thatcher refuses to hold it, so yeah, because he didn't earn it. But yeah, so it's interesting. And then after this, we had another Carry On Cross video package, which confirms Scarlet. Don't know her name yet. No, it's Scarlet. Oh, oh it is Scarlet. We don't know. We, it's, I think it's probably just gonna be Scarlet. But gotcha. But yeah, and then it leads into Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae in a, it seemed like a parody of the Brody Lee video where he was eating steak. Yeah. I don't know what was going on, but... Uh, it happened. They were talking about tearing NXT down and rebuilding it their way and promised to be the first ever married couple to be NXT champion and NXT women's champion together. Mm-hmm. So, and it was interesting. They had, Johnny had the, the cup that he wore in a like, 
you know the enchanted rose yeah it was in like that case on the table that's like the only way i could explain it yeah which is absolutely disgusting to have a cup on your dining room table but yeah i not really what you want to have out when you're having guests over yeah but i don't guess want to they're not having guests, guests yeah. soon. but even still like i don't want to be reminded of franks and beans while i'm eating franks and beans yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, next up, you had Io Shirai, a hype video for her um, following winning that comp- that uh, ladder match. Yeah, saying uh, she's not going to bow down to anyone. So I yeah. think that match with, that she's going to have eventually with Charlotte Flair is going to be super hard-hitting. I think it's going to be so much fun. Perhaps. I, I think that really – I think uh, I'm highly anticipating this match – which is funny because if you put Charlotte Flair versus any of these women on NXT, I feel like we would all be highly anticipating it. Um, but with Io Shirai, I feel like she's going to come out of this match and people are going to have such a high respect for her. And I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, match up next, though, we saw Mia Yim defeating Jesse Kamea, which it's been a while since we've seen Kamea. Like, we saw her in the Battle Royal in January. But before that, I think it might have been like the first round of the May Young Classic in 2018. So she's yeah. like not really been used. So maybe this I is I didn't even finally... recognize. Yeah. Um, but she, I think uh, she did that, the, a low spinning heel kick, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. But the main takeaway from here is that after Mia Yim picks up the victory, Charlotte Flair came out and Mia Yim accepts uh charlotte's challenge it was a weird promo too it was like a backhanded promo but i have to say mia yim the inter the way that she was reacting to it it didn't really sit well with me in what way i don't know it it seemed like it seemed like the reactions to the words were off well charlotte said that mia yim helped make her a star in her first match, so now she's going to get the chance to make Mia a star. Yeah. Like, I didn't see that as... if it, I didn't know if it was true or if it was sarcasm. Well, that or... was that was her first match in NXT. That's, like, a thing that they're using. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, next up, you had Chelsea Green and Rob Stone. A little uh, promo. Photo shoot and hype video. Yeah, at the Green Rider household. Where, yeah, well, we assume that's where it was. <laughs> yeah. But Stone, which again, that's a weird thing to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so weird, but whatever. But Stone was hyping up Chelsea Green to be uh, a future champion, and she herself said she's going to be a future NXT champion. I I agree. Matchup next we saw was El Hijo del Fantasma making his WWE in-ring debut on TV, at least. Uh, picking up the victory over Jack Gallagher. Uh, Fantasma has adapted to the WWE style very well. I didn't see any sort of, like, Sin Cara, like original Sin Cara-esque anything to him. And I, I like that a lot. But yeah. but Gallagher kept going after Phantasma's mask, which is like pretty on par with like every big match in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, but as far as a first match goes, I, I'm I'm happy that Phantasma's here. Yeah, I agree. I I thought it was a good match. I was a fan of it. 
Um, this was actually my first exposure to him as well. I've seen the images, but never him. I feel in like the you, ring. you've had to have seen. Did you not watch Lucha Underground stuff? No. Ever? Mm mm. That's where I, I've seen the his face and stuff, well, but I've never his, actually watched his, the match from there. Not his face. He had a different mask, different character. Well, I mean, his mask and his. No, he, he you was know. King Cuerno there. But didn't he have no. a similar mask? No. All right, then maybe I haven't seen him. I don't know. I, I've seen you've, his mask. I mean, maybe you've seen his mask because of his father. I don't know. Possible. But after the match, he was getting into his car, and uh, or during the commercial break, I should say, and he was almost abducted by Dark Order, Black and Yellow. And he fought them off. It was rumored that he was going to be the leader of this group, but now, who knows? I, I don't know what to think. After this happened, I was like, wait a minute. I thought I had read that WWE recently trademarked Los Conquistadores again. But uh, it turned out that it was just some random dude in Pennsylvania that that trademarked Los Conquistadors or something. Hmm. Or the That's Conquistadors. Uh huh. So it has nothing. I thought for a second that's who that like that's who was going to be abducting <laughs> these people, but that's that's not the case. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to more of El Hijo del Fantasma. And we still have no idea where Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are. No, still no idea at all. Main event, we were supposed to see Velveteen Dream team up with Keith Lee to take on Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. But the four of them brawled uh, from the start while the referee uh, was trying to break things up. And the ref tossed Bobby Fish from ringside. Uh, Damian Priest ends up showing up. Hits Keith Lee in the throat with that nightstick. And then Velveteen Dream continued the match without Keith Lee. And Dexter Loomis randomly appears on the apron as a partner for Velveteen Dream. And the referee allowed it. Referee's discretion. Bunch of AEW fans. How does this happen? I'm nah. fine. I'm fine with that. If if the referee allows it, that's fine. If you guys want to hey, say I'm it, I'm I'm good guys, with it. Guys want to say the referee turns a blind eye to everything in W in AEW? That's fine. Yeah, I'm good by it. I I'm a big fan of Loomis. I love the character and the gimmick. So hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Velveteen Dream teaming up with Dexter Loomis for now. But yeah. uh, Bobby Fish ends up running back out and got taken out by Dexter as the Dream hit uh, the Purple Rainmaker to win. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah. And I'm sure if it was in front of the live crowd, once Loomis did join in, the crowd would have been going crazy. Who do you it, think Loomis is going after? I don't know, because last week, what did we see him during? It was the another... Undisputed Era. Oh, it was? Yeah, I believe he was on the ramp or somewhere was, looking at was someone. Like in the crowd or whatever. Yeah, he was like looking at someone in that group, but we don't know who. Hmm. I believe so. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. But that was NXT moving on to SmackDown. New Day kicking the show off with a championship celebration as the now eight-time tag team champions uh, listing off a bunch of tag teams that they now hold the titles over more than. Uh, I think the only other team that they haven't beaten. Uh, mm-hmm. Title wise, uh, 
Rainwise, I should say, are the Dudley Boys. Really? The, the Lucha House Party cut them off to congratulate them and then lay out a challenge. They were then cut off by Miz and Morrison, who said that New Day never even defeated them in a normal circumstance tag team match. They had to defend their titles, their first title defense, Elimination Chamber, then WrestleMania, where it was the triple threat, then last week on SmackDown, another triple threat. Um, Lucha House Party got in the ring, but they got cut off by the Forgotten Sons. And Riker actually calls Miz out, uh, called him a poser for, for playing a Marine in the movies. Meanwhile, he was a real Marine. And it led to all of them brawling where Miz and Morrison escaped. Um, and Forgotten Sons pretty much took everyone else out. I'm really happy about that. They hit, I'm always, that, I'm... They hit mm-hmm. the, the reverse DDT in a, like, a, like, I don't know, you can't say really a curb stomp, but from the top rope. And then um, Jackson Riker powerbombed Kofi Kingston onto Big E. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think really... Forgotten Sons, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with them. Yeah, and then backstage, Miz and Morrison were interviewed and asked about the Forgotten Sons, and they blamed Lucha House Party for everything and laid out a challenge. So that match was set up for later on in the night. First match of the evening, we saw King Corbin defeat Drew Gulak to gain a <laughs> nice. spot. What? Well, you, you wanted to say I it. was so close to saying Drew <laughs> to, yeah, to get you can a hear, spot, you, you, yeah, you can yeah. hear that you're holding back on it. Drew Gulak, yeah, to get a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, this was a good match. A lot of people give Corbin flack, but I, I, I like, I like good. Corbin. I think Corbin is just kind of plagued with repetitive matches. Well, like I he mean, has certainly a good, as I of think... now, it's been a bit. I mean, this match was not a typical match you'd see with Corbin. I guess you'd say. No, but like he gets repetitive with his storylines. You know, he usually stays with paired up with someone for a very long time, and it doesn't seem to really go anywhere. But he always has great moments, uh, highlights of his career. I think he's really talented. But yeah, the match was good. Uh, it's like I was really hoping for Drew Gulak to win, but I figured from the start that it would be King Corbin. Yeah, then then once you saw Cesaro and Nakamura take out Daniel Bryan, you kind of knew what direction was going in. Yeah, which ultimately I, caused that distraction. But even like the like towards the beginning of the match, uh, Drew Gulak drop does that front drop kick, sending King Corbin over the commentary table. And even mm-hmm. something we don't really see from Drew Gulak, he went to the top rope. Yeah, he's breaking his rule. Yeah, he's breaking it a lot. Yep. Bringing in a lot. But after the match, Cesaro and Nakamura held Drew Gulak and uh, Corbin nailed him in the face with his scepter. And then next week we have Daniel Bryan versus King Corbin, which I kind of feel like we should be seeing Nakamura and Cesaro in that uh, situation. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, next up we had Sheamus take on uh, Daniel Voight. Daniel Vidot. Vidot, Vidot. Completely one-sided, which, as it should have been, uh, mm-hmm. the main takeaway is Sheamus feels disrespected. Which, I mean, I think it's interesting that he's kind of making his comeback during everything right now. But it's like, not he's like, making... I mean, we've seen him prior to all of this, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, they, they he's go being on... disrespected. 
Yeah, they go on to air a Jeff Hardy video package. Did I say Jeff Harvey? I believe so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe so. Mike Adamley. <laughs> a Jeff Hardy video package. I really wonder if I said Harvey. I, I think hope you... that's not the case. I probably did, but geez. <laughs> but it was all about his uh, way back to WWE. So it included WrestleMania 33, where him and Matt returned at WrestleMania, which is. Do you think it'll include Ring of Honor clips? I don't think so at all, because it's it's now beyond them even including Impact, I guess. Well, I mean, like yeah. the, the, the next the next chapter, I believe, was called the comeback. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's already beyond all of that. It's funny seeing them backstage and seeing them like amped up and like Jeff Hardy yelling at the top of his lungs to get out everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, very PS cool. Is, man, just enjoy it, brother. Yeah, and then Big Show like has a connection with them and oh, stuff. It's cool. My boys are back. Yeah, <laughs> but after this Jeff Hardy segment aired, Sheamus kind of like did a stare down with Michael Cole and not really attacked him, but like knocked the uh, the the headset off of his head. Yeah, that's why you don't want to play have a staring contest with Sheamus. Ever. And that and that's all. Also, by the way, right after John Morrison and the Miz already made their entrance, so it was weird that like Sheamus was already like back out or something after. Yeah, but watch, I, they told I, I'm them, assuming watch, it, you probably like during the break. They're like, dude, you got to go back out there and do this. I just assume that it's probably leading towards a Sheamus and Jeff Hardy feud because we no, saw. I think, was it last week, maybe, where he was pissed off? They aired the Jeff Hardy video, and then he was pissed that, like, you're talking about Jeff Hardy and you're not talking about me? Yeah, and then it just so happens that Jeff Hardy video airs right after Sheamus. The only thing that stinks is that Sheamus, you want to see him build up, build up, build up with victories, while Jeff Hardy making his return, you want to see victories. So it's we've seen two returning I mean, uh, well, superstars. Jeff, I mean, like it, you said, Sheamus has been around for a while already. It's also a weird way that they went with this because we did see Jeff Hardy already return. Yes. Maybe they're trying to hope that we forgot about it. I don't know. Well, um, they, he had that new finisher and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, next up, you had Lucha House Party pick up the victory over Ms. Morrison. Very surpri- uh, surprising. Yeah, John Morrison did like, I don't really even know what to call it. I'm going to call it a rolling Alabama slamma. Or Alabama uh, Slam? It seems accurate. I'll go with it. Why not? Um, well, let's say it. I forget somebody else does a move that was similar to that, but it like turns into something else. I really, I, I forget who who does that, but um, Dorado and Metallic or Metallic are so good in the ring. They're so exciting to watch, and I hope they I get miss used Kalisto. more. Yeah, I definitely miss Kalisto too. But like yeah. them, them in the like the elimination chamber match, their stuff in that match should have like shot them to the top sooner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the current situation that we're in with the the COVID and everything, if this wasn't, if this was like everything was normal, I don't mm-hmm. think we would have seen a match like that. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know I, what that we... that felt that felt a lot like a match that like I mean. We wouldn't have seen something like uh, Sheamus and Daniel Vado. 
It yeah. would have been probably an outside talent. Of course. Yeah, for sure. So it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Next up, you had Lacey Evans pick up the victory over Sasha Banks. Bailey was at ringside, and unfortunately, Bailey may have uh, helped cost Sasha the match. Yeah, Bailey had a little picture of Lacey's daughter on a popsicle stick. Um, yeah, that was pretty funny. Lacey's in the Lacey is now in the Money in the Bank match as well. But yeah, yeah, she qualifies. But during the match, interesting because that wipes out everything with Bailey Banks set up. Or at least for now. Right. Um, but Lacey Evans, during the match, grabbed Bailey outside, and Sasha Banks was able to smash her hand into the ring post. And then throughout the whole match, she was working the what, hand, which I thought was really nice. What did you think about that initial hit of the post, though? I, I didn't, like, I don't know. Did you have a problem with it? I didn't, I thought it was good. I, I kind of did, because it looked very, it didn't, it wasn't as smooth. Because I was just like, why is she... It legit looked like she was, like, throwing the punch at the turnbuckle. Oh, well. Like, it didn't look well to me. What I didn't like I what I didn't like was when Lacey actually did hit the woman's right, even though her hand was hurt. Like, before that, she she couldn't do a move because yeah. her hand was hurt. But now she does, she does the woman's right. Bailey puts Sasha's foot on the rope. Bailey's, um, right after that was basically when the, the referee was being distracted with Bailey. Yeah, Sasha Banks had her rolled up for a five count, even maybe a maybe a ten. Yeah, and then what doesn't? Uh, what I don't understand in front of the referee's eyes, Lacey Evans. To me, I'm gonna say she used a weapon. She hit no. the woman's <laughs> right with that popsicle stick, and if you've never taken a popsicle stick, the the flat way to the like lengthwise to your like face, that hurts. Yeah. That, like, really hurts. Has that happened to you often? Not often, but I've had, like, I've I've been hit with a popsicle stick. Who the hell did that to you? Let's call them out. <laughs> yeah. Put them on blast. Um, but afterwards, Tamina Snuka, or just Tamina, came out and kicked Bailey, super kicked her, and uh Sasha was just Yeah, team bad. Thanks didn't do anything. Well, let's not forget Sasha, Sasha Banks yelled at Bailey too during her match, like yeah, stay, out, stay of this. out of it. So we still have friction with Sasha Banks may not be in the Money in the Bank briefcase match, but obviously uh, friction is starting to build with her and Bailey. So um, I this is obviously really, going to build for the long term. I don't see like Sasha Banks costing Bailey the match against Tamina at Money in the Bank. Huh. I don't. Why? I don't see Why? that. Why not? I, uh, okay. I think, I, I I think Bailey might be the longest reigning SmackDown champion right now, and then you're gonna give the title to Tamina. Yeah, no, you're you're right. She's not gonna cost her the. I mean, it, she, could it be a DQ? I I don't know. Where maybe Sasha Banks tries to help out Bailey, quote unquote, but gets caught. And ends maybe, up getting Bailey DQ'd. Maybe the Money in the Bank ladder match opens the show, and then they fly all the way from Connecticut to Florida. <laughs> oh, man! To interrupt uh, Bailey's match. <laughs> I think it's going to be very interesting. But talking about interesting, next up you had that historical aspect, the little uh, walk down memory lane, Bray Wyatt and Braun. 
I was expecting um, a lot more from that segment. I was disappointed. <laughs> I yeah. feel like this has been like a promo that we've all seen before. It wasn't really anything new. It was well, just... I mean, I don't know how you could actually get something new out of that. But yeah. I, again, but it wasn't anything... I, yeah, I was like, expecting I feel like a lot more. like we've seen this promo before, I mean. And 90% of the people in it were... <laughs> they're not even in the company anymore. I thought that was funny, too. They had literally Jericho, was... Ryback. I think Hawkins was there. Um, I already said Jericho. Harper. A- Ambrose, Harper, Rowan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rowan, for some reason, I keep on forgetting he's not with WWE. Yeah. I don't know. Matchup next for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Bliss Cross successfully retaining the championships over Carmella and Dana Brooke. Before we get into the match, I gotta say, Bliss and Cross, I love watching their in their entrance uh, because I love the uh, how in sync they are with each other. Yeah, uh, have you ever noticed that or no? Yeah, they've they're yeah they're like they are they are spot on. I don't know if they cue each other or if they just practice this a million times, <laughs> but when they get onto the when they walk down the ramp and everything, and then they got get onto the ring onto the apron their motion is so in sync where they get onto the apron and they get into the ring it just lines up perfectly and every time i'm like that's cool perfect 10 i like during the match when uh dana brooke did that crossbody off of the barricade and she starts celebrating and Corey's like no no don't celebrate get her in the ring <laughs> and he was like i kind of have like stake in this match <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. funny. But the the ending of the match, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross using that flapjack DDT combo finisher, I thought was, like, really cool. Yeah, it it was really sweet. I saw somebody do that, or a similar move, the other day on a GIF, and I thought it looked really sick. Except the person did a special DDT off of the the top rope or off of the uh, top um, turnbuckle. I forgot what. Wait, as but, in it was yeah. a, like, how did somebody get a flapjack if it was off the top rope? It was no, the, it was the like the flapjack position, I believe, or it was a reverse flapjack, and the other person was going for a DDT. It was interesting. Hmm. It was very interesting. But well, the next end up, of SmackDown, we saw it well throughout the night. They were airing uh, clips. Of Triple H and his career yeah. for the 25th anniversary of his career, whatever. We like we like to call him by his name, Paul. Pop. I mean, you know, he's been on the show before. Do we call him Papa? Big Papa Pump. Paula. <laughs> but including one of the clips that apparently you thought you were there for with Triple H returning at Madison Square Garden. Which was the clip? Where, when was, were we together where I marked out for a hype video? That was was it that was that no, Triple H? No, that was uh, I think that that was another time Triple H return. Oh, uh, that was another return. And I don't know if it was it Triple H that you popped for, or was it a Bret Hart scene? I don't think Bret Hart. <laughs> I, it might I have been. It, it might have been another time when Triple H was injured, like much closer to like let's say like oh eight oh nine. Yeah, I really, 11. I really have to go through. Uh, and look at the results for the events that I went to because I just don't remember. I don't know. I remember I think I saw Chris Jericho wrestle like a ton of matches in one night, but I don't remember much of them. 
I saw Big Vito versus uh, versus Johnny the Bull. Yeah, <laughs> it was. A, yeah. I think it was a stickball versus a, what would it be? A stickball versus a kendo stick match. You remember these? Something like that. Yeah, it was from WCW Nitro. That Nitro was very vivid. I don't remember mo- most of that night. I remember seeing that match. I remember being there for that. I remember seeing Howard Stern's whack pack. That was, I believe, the same night where uh, Jeff Jarrett smashed the guitar over Beetlejuice's head. I remember that. And I remember the Insane Clown Posse versus Mike Awesome, where Shaggy Too Dope uh, fell off the, the love bus. Yeah, with the, with a powerbomb. And the awesome I bomb. remember Vince Russo winning the championship. <laughs> Wait, you were there for that? Yeah, when the, the whole cage fell down, the Hell in a Cell cage. Wow. Interesting. And Very just, interesting. Just moments before that, we were at the uh, snack stand, and that's when the, the security, a little kid ran up to Goldberg, 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 and the, the security like violently f- pushed him away. Scared I was him. like, oh, sh- snap. <laughs> but we so had, let's get on to yeah, Paul. We had the whole segment. Triple H was there live in person. He uh, got a haircut. We saw him live on the bump on Wednesday, not with a haircut. Weird to see. No, looking very much like a foley. Yeah, but he he was there live. Gets cut off by Shawn Michaels. They did uh, some comedy bit about social distancing, which I thought was funny. They aired some DX bloopers, which I like. Who knew those existed? I I, I remember I seeing some of them. I also I gotta know. say, I thought it was kind of funny where the he went for the water bottle to do his spit, and the guy took it out of his hands. I don't know if I've ever seen any of those bloopers. Did no no? Did you see that at the end at the oh, entrance? No, I didn't. Oh really? You would have yeah. popped. Uh, Triple H, you know his little spit of the water into the crowd. Yeah. You didn't see that? No. What did he uh, do? He was so he was he was about to do it. He got had the water bottle and stuff, uh, and he was about to do it. But some production guy walked past him and grabbed the water bottle and walked away. Well, and I guess he, that's not really. That wouldn't be. I'm sure that'd be all over every news site if he did it. Yeah, and Triple H was like looking at the guy, and he was just like, "Okay." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But Stephen McMahon. But, FaceTimed in, uh, calling out Shawn Michaels for trash talking her, which I thought was funny. And then yeah. Rick Flair, and then he's just like that, like uh, insulting his eye and everything like that. Yeah. Then Flair was on FaceTime just to cry for some reason. And then, yeah, uh, then Road Dog showed up. Yeah, it got well. Triple H hung up on him and then got another call and they cut to commercial, but it was Road Dog. <laughs> and then that's Triple H hung up on him. And then Vince yeah. McMahon showed up live in person and uh, went through some things that sucked in WWE history. Yeah, brought up some bad memories. Doubly Gooker. And uh, how about Bailey? This is your life. Oh, I like God. Bailey. It's not her fault. And then he goes, and he's like, a lot of people would be here cheering, but that's the first row. The second, everywhere else would be boring. Boring. You sound more like Richard Nixon than Vince McMahon. I think Vince sounded not like himself tonight. He he's looking very thin. I don't know. You know, compared well, I mean, he's also seventy four years old. Yeah. But he is looking thin. But it's always good to see Vince McMahon out there. I don't know I also don't want to see him out there at seventy four years old. 
It was, still, like, it was a, a very bizarre segment, but I was like, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I don't know what else to say about it. They Vince McMahon I, told Triple H to wrap it up and left. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. I, you know, it was funny. And then I didn't understand the point of them cutting off triple uh, HBK. Like they, he kept on cutting off HBK with the FaceTimes. And I was just like, is this going to lead this? Is he going to super kick him? It just didn't make sense to me why he kept on cutting him off. It's funny that Flair said, don't let him end this by super kicking you. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, it it was an interesting 25-year celebration. I don't think uh, there's not many other people who get those celebrations, I guess. Undertaker, I think, had it at uh, a Survivor Series. Yeah, then Vince was going to turn off the lights on them. Yeah, and the only other person that I remember having a 25th uh, anniversary celebration was Chris Jericho at the Garden. I don't recall, but well, it was a, it was a live event. It wasn't. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, Vince McMahon turned off the lights and everything, and then uh, ends with some crickets. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that was SmackDown. That was a very interesting way to end SmackDown. I could swear they said that this was going to be taking place across multiple shows, but they didn't like what? advertise it. Yeah, because they they said and. Uh, the 25th anniversary of Triple H starts on SmackDown. If you tell me mm-hmm. it starts on SmackDown, to me, I assume that's like, oh, it's also going to be on Raw and NXT the week following. I wonder if it's actually his 25 years uh, on yeah, this I would, day. I, well, I don't know. Not Probably not to this day. Yeah, I, I keep on forgetting his WrestleMania record, too. What was it? 13 losses? I, I, something like that. Yeah, 12 or 13 losses. So that it's just amazing that when you see uh, historical legendary wrestlers like Triple H and HBK, and then you see their WrestleMania records, and you're like, "Wow, they're not undefeated, or they don't have a win uh, like a ninety percent win streak or eighty percent win streak." You know, it, it's weird, but yeah. I think that's also pretty cool too. But speaking of so. WrestleMania moments. It was announced this week that WWE superstar and current WWE 24-7 champion (laughs) unretired from football and was traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to join his old buddy Tom Brady. How about it? Rob Gronkowski (laughs) joining the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Everyone's pumped about that. I don't know why, but... Yeah, very, very crazy that he came out of retirement. Um, Which even more crazy that even more crazy that an NFL superstar is currently the twenty four seven champion. <laughs> I mean, we have seen an NBA superstar do it. What do you call them, superstars? Superstar? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say NFL superstar. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would NFL just player. ultimately like for Rob Gronkowski to now hold the championship until an actual NFL game where let it be on Fox, I guess, you know, get the, mm-hmm. I'm sure they do stuff on Fox still, right? There's that robot that dances. Yeah, they do. So after a game or before a game, let our truth run onto the field and, uh, you know, work, work everybody in that stadium. No, I'm calling it. First off, Tom Brady is going to re- is going I to hope. win it at some point. I hope not. Uh, it, in the locker room or something like that. I can't say then, enough that Tom Brady shouldn't even be allowed to play football anymore. <laughs> and then Gronkowski is going to win it back. 
But then what I think would be hilarious is that as a t- and probably the most epic thing ever is that Gronkowski for a touchdown dance ends up getting pinned by R Truth and losing the twenty four seven championship. I don't think Tom Brady is going to be a WWE twenty four seven champion. You never know. Never say never. Uh, but yes, I think Gronkowski's touchdown dance that should happen. Yeah, that should happen. But talking about things that should happen, hey Brandon, you got any shoutouts? Hi, Billy Mays here. If you're looking to remove a stain, then listen to Brandon's shoutouts. Stuber is getting the first shout-out. It's a movie starring Batista and Kumail Nanjiani, and it's on HBO and HBO Go. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know. I think you didn't quite enjoy it as much as I did. No, I loved it. This was probably my oh, favorite movie. No, come on. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was hilarious. They, I really thought it was funny. I didn't think it was hilarious. I thought that there were funny spots. Um, I didn't think the plot That's what a comedy was, film is, David. I didn't like the plot. I thought the entire aspect of Batista having bad vision the entire movie was stupid. Wow, spoiling um, it too. Yeah, that doesn't – I don't care. Um, yeah, him having bad vision the entire movie is just stupid in my opinion. David um, doesn't understand how movies work. I did – I popped for a chase scene, but that was it. Well, Maria Menounos is getting the second shout-out. But was, I still love Batista. And not saying, even – Still love Batista. Everybody should watch Silicon Valley too on HBO. Is that but the shout out? That's no, that's what Kumail oh, Nanjiani yeah. was on. Oh, 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 yeah, that is where he started. Yep, but I probably not started. That's just like probably. Well, that's where like show. I know him for starting. But yeah, Maria Menounos is getting the second shout out because she was on WWE backstage on Tuesday, and she dropped a bombshell saying that she was contacted by WWE to be a contestant on Tough Enough back in 2015. It was funny because right away she's like, oh, I don't know if I was allowed to say that. and Which blew my mind. And Renee Young is like, wait, 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 what? A contestant? And she turned it down and pitched for, for Daria, Sonya Deville, to go on to the show. But that her saying that shocked the hell out of me. And it would have been like three years after we saw her wrestle at WrestleMania 28. Wait, so she pitched Daria? Yeah. No. Yeah. How did she pitch Daria? I think she was doing a show, and she must have seen her on uh, do doing MMA or something. I don't remember how she said she knew of her. Huh. How many times do you think we could hear her do that Dusty promo? Oh, well. <laughs> Tom, Tom, can you do it? Baby. Do it. Hit it. Come on. I don't, I don't know the whole. I don't know hard times. There you go, there you go. Good job. Chris Jericho is getting the last shout-out. I'm pretty sure I brought it up last week, but him on commentary with Tony Schiavone has been so enjoyable. I don't think I said it earlier. Nah, yeah, the Ayatollah of rock and roller, laying uh, it down. Yeah, and I also very much so enjoyed him on the uh, Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Yeah, I'm very happy to see him on there, and I think that him on commentary is amazing. And I, I there's not enough. I don't think that he somehow. I feel like he still doesn't get enough praise. You know, he's 
one of the best wrestlers of all time. And for all the praise that he does get, I feel like he should still be even more praise. Yeah. Do you think so? Or? He's definitely evolved a lot. And they yeah. were they were talking about that on the major wrestling figure podcast where they were like they were going through like his figures and everything, saying how I guess how toyetic he is because it's like he comes back, he's in a different attire, and he like changes his hair. His hair's short, his hair's long, his hair's a little Goatee. shorter. Yeah, a bunch of Goatee different aspect too. A, a bunch of different aspects to it, and yeah, he's he's been in the business for over twenty five years now. Yeah, he's he's always transformed his gimmicks and he still and has good matches yeah and he's always the one of the top with the mic uh where you you can't touch me he's just so good yeah so but those are my cool. shout outs now it's time for our our Moment of the week. No, don't say that. <laughs> I am going to say from WWE The Bump, via recorded video, The Rock showed up to congratulate Triple H on 25 years, which it's like crazy enough that Triple H was on the show in the first place, but then yeah. like the most famous person from like our childhood generation, like in the world today, one of the most famous people, The Rock. Shows up on Little The Bump. I pop big time nah. for that. <laughs> yeah, Chris Jericho even put out in a video for, uh, for congratulating him on 25 years. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, tr- that's what I mean, just to backtrack with Y2J, that's one of the amazing things with him, too, that even though he's in AEW, he's still verbally interacting with a lot of these WWE superstars. Who, I mean, because they're all brothers and stuff. Yeah. And I. I think that's awesome but whether or not triple h saw it or responded was another thing right who knows who knows i but, also yeah. uh marked out grapple clips on twitter posted uh clips from a dark match from 1990 1998 of aaron o'grady versus vic grimes aaron o'grady is crash holly by the way i i thought it was awesome i'd like to see the full match they were yeah, doing they I, were doing things was... like way ahead of their time, and I I would have been super happy seeing that in a crowd, not knowing either of them. And Vic Grimes, I'm not used to seeing. Period. Um, and to see him even at a tryout like that is wild. But then seeing Crash Holly, and apparently they were both signed after that to developmental. After yeah. that match, Crash um, Holly though he was doing stuff that like people do these days in pop four yeah i mean same thing could be said with people like owen hart back in the day you know and yeah. i was thinking about that the other day where when i was watching well not like last week when i was watching the old wrestlemanias and stuff like that and watching owen hart in the ring and i'm thinking like this is like 1992 93 but in japan that was really the norm yeah 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 you know like 91, 90, 92, you, it, it was normal for these guys to do moonsaults and cartwheels and four, what, 450s, whatever it is. And just what Owen Hart was doing was blowing my mind. So as a little kid, I could only imagine what it would have been like to 
see one of these New Japan matches back in 92 when I was actually younger, I could only imagine my mind would have exploded. Um, and it's just a weird aspect to think that across the world, something like that was taking place. Yeah. Um, do you have any, right? Uh, that is like, it's have... a weird aspect. Yeah. Cause only, the only way that you would find out about it is VHS. You yeah. didn't have internet. You didn't have anything else. Um, for me, my mark out moment of the week was, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have one. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. So take it home. Talking to my yourself. Oh no, I was talking to you. Oh, uh, my my markout moment of the week. I would go with the LGB DDT from uh, Atlas. I think that finisher is really cool. Yeah, but yeah, take it home. Well, you know, whoever opens closes. You had open, so you know. <laughs> well played. Well played. Well, on that note, thank also, you put very me over much. Big time. Huh? I said put me over big time. All right. Well, on that note. Thank you for listening. Marking out episode 481. We appreciate all of your support. Make sure you check out all the past episodes, markingout.com, Twitter, Facebook, Google Play, prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout. Make sure you watch all of the Cooking with Brandon episodes on uh, YouTube. Make sure you yeah, follow now Brandon. Now they're telling people they have to tell people not to drink bleach again. Yeah, yeah, don't drink bleach. Um, also don't inject bleach either. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at BTTG161, right? Yeah. And Instagram, same, same, uh, yeah, Instagram, BTTG161. Um, make sure you check out Chris, Chris Dog. Don't follow me. It's okay. But we'll see you next week here on the podcast. And we wish you the... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.